Hey, I'm Rusty. And I'm Heather. And we're the Bryants, and this is the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. We are here to encourage healthy marriages, strengthen wounded marriages, and begin the process of restoration to broken marriages. We aren't licensed counselors, but we are a redeemed couple that loves the Lord and wants to help you journey through this messy, challenging, and fun part of life called marriage. Hey guys, welcome back to Season 2, Episode 3 of the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. Um, We have talked the last couple of episodes about our story. Um, We thank you guys for listening and are just really excited to share this next part with you. Um, In my opinion, this is kind of where the story really begins. Um, It's where our story of redemption begins and restoration and where God really began to work in both of our lives. And I just have some questions that I'm going to lead us through. Um, And Rusty's going to do a lot of the talking tonight um, because this is um, kind of his part of the story. So, Rusty, why don't you pick up um, on August 23rd, 10 years ago? Okay. Well, first of all, I'm really excited about this part of the story because I went back and I was listening um, to the last two episodes and particularly the last episode. And like my voice even sounded really heavy, like, Mm -hmm. because, and like, I just want people to know that even when we revisit this, um, you know, our story, like it's hard even now. And, and I could just tell even from my, just the tone of, you know, my tone of voice, just how it sounded, you know, just, it was hard. Sure. And uh, and so even though some of this that we're about to talk about is still kind of hard, but like this to me is where, like you said, it really is where it all starts. And because this is when I kind of entered into the story, uh, because all the other stuff that we talked about the last couple of weeks, the believing the lies of the enemy, you know, that was just you and what led you to the choices that you were making. But then on August 23rd is really where I, you know, came into the story, obviously. Right. Um, and really, though, that, like, like the redemption, the restoration, God showing up, I mean, it started with the confession. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, like that's, where, that's where it all started. So this, to me, is, is kind of where the story begins. Right. Um, what do you remember about that night? I mean, like, do you still remember the details of that night and... Like, what is that like when you look back on it? Well, that's actually a really good question because sometimes it feels like it was yesterday and sometimes it feels like it was a lifetime ago. Yeah. And there there really are some parts of, you know, even particular that particularly that night that I do remember. Like, they'll be in my memory forever. But a lot of the details, um, I don't. I don't know that I that I know them as well as I thought I did. And one of the things, you know, as we're doing these uh, podcasts, like like I hope that people are picking up on little things throughout that we're offering as thoughts and suggestions and ideas that other people can use to help in their marriage. And so one of the things that I found really beneficial, and I'm, I'm going somewhere with this, mm-hmm. um, was like I started keeping a journal 
and I don't journal. I'm terrible at journaling, and I and I don't really enjoy it. But someone recommended to me that I, you know, write down my feelings and my emotions, and and mainly because I could go back and see what God did, yeah. and I could look back and say, hey, I went from here, and look where we are now. That's right. And so. A lot of people, some people know this because we talked about it on a podcast, but I, we've started writing a book, and me in particular, I, I started it not long after. I mean, we were in the healing process, you know, it, it was within the first year, and I actually went back and reread because it's about four or five chapters that I've written. Right. And like, first of all, I didn't remember a lot of it, so now that I'm about to share some of it, it's because I had written it down. But I was like mesmerized. But I kept going, "Ooh, I want to like what happened next?" You know, <laughs> I mean, and it was just like because I, I just was really hanging on to every word that I had written because it was just so cool to see how God, even before everything happened, how He was already orchestrating what was going to happen. Right. Um, so back to those details. Uh, the reason why I remember some of these details is because I had written about them. But um, but I remember that night I had, I had been gone to a meeting. Um, it was a Tuesday night. I had been in a meeting really late, and I came home, and you were— you had fallen asleep in the bed with one of the boys like you did, which was, gosh, that used to drive me crazy because then I'd have to drag you out of bed and try to get you to actually go to bed. This is not a parenting <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I remember coming home, and it was it was pretty late, um, like I would say probably 11 o'clock or so. And I woke you up, and I was really excited to show you something that had happened at the meeting, and I wanted you to look at it. And it was a video. I showed you the video. I remember us walking in and showing you the video. And, like, I do remember, like, you just had no interest in it. And I thought, you know, well, maybe it's because she just got woken up and, you know, just aren't as excited as I am right now. So you kind of walked out of the room, and you went into our bedroom. And I kind of finished, you know, putting up the stuff, you know, the stuff that I had out or whatever. And, you know, I walked into the bedroom and I just remember you sitting on your side of the bed and you were holding a pillow in your lap. And when I walked in and looked at you, you, you said the words, we need to talk. And oh my gosh, like the guys out there that are listening to this probably cringe when they hear the words from their wife that says, we need to talk. Um, and I've heard those words a few times before, but like when you said it, like I knew something, something was wrong. And, uh, the next words out of your mouth, you said, I've messed up. And then you just kind of sat there and then you said, I've messed up really bad. And I don't know if I answered or not, um, or if I said anything, but, in my mind, I was trying to think, what could you possibly have done to mess up? And I was going to places like, okay, maybe she spent too much money <laughs> on the credit card or had a wreck and messed up the car or, you know, I, 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 I didn't know because I genuinely had no idea. But for some reason, I knew like for some reason I just knew and and you said um you said I've I've been unfaithful and that was that was your confession you just said I've I've been unfaithful 
And the thing that I really remember more than anything is like I didn't like like when I looked at you, like I was I was in shock and and probably denial a little bit, but I was looking at you expecting some emotion. Like some sadness or scared or something, but like there was no emotion. Like I went like I looked at you and there was just nothing there. And I just remember that being very odd and really kind of scary because I didn't know what kind of a place you were in. Um, Do you remember much about that night? And, like, do you remember any emotions or, like, like why there were no emotions shown (laughs) at that? I mean, what do you remember about that night? Well... First, let me just say how surreal it is to sit here and listen to you tell that because it's just heartbreaking. I mean, it's when I look at where we are right now to think about that time, it's just how did I do that to you? Because you were just genuinely the godliest man I've ever met in the world. And and I can't wrap my brain around how I got there. And, you know, I've gone back and listened to our podcast and and thinking about the lies that I genuinely, truly just believed with all of my heart that the enemy um, was telling me. And so when you ask about what do I remember about that night, um, I remember being very, very scared, um, just and f- had never in my life felt more alone. Um, I didn't, which is, which is funny because the purpose of being unfaithful for me was so that I wouldn't be alone, so that I would feel loved, so that I would get all of that extra attention. And I'd never, I'd never felt more alone. Um, I had no one. I didn't think anyone would love me anymore. And I mean, I'm talking about like my parents and my family who have never wavered in their love for me. But I just was like, there's no way anybody is going to love me after this. Um, and so I think that was was um, the biggest feeling that I have of just being in a pit, just darkness all around and not seeing any hope or any light um, in the place, um, that I was, I was desperately afraid that you were going to take away the boys. Um, you know, I had a, a, a deep, deep, um, fear of me destroying our family. Um, and in, and in confessing all of that, it was, I was giving you permission to do all of that. Because as long as it was hidden and safe, then I felt like I was in control. But as soon as I said the words, I knew that I was losing all control of the control that I thought that I had over my life and our marriage and our family and the relationships um, there. So I was, you know, fully expecting you to walk out and... Um, because like you've said so many times, we didn't have a picture of anybody 
in our minds that have gone through what we were fixing to walk through that ended um, in redemption and restoration. Every, um, every couple that I could think of that had gone through what we were going through had ended, ended in divorce. And, um, and I knew that I didn't want that for our family. Yeah, when I think back to how I reacted the first time, when you know when you when you told me and you confessed, um, like I remember it, like what you said, it was like you're listening to it and it's surreal. It was surreal for me then, and I think that part of the reason why I didn't know even how to react was because we, you know, you mentioned in the believing the lies of the enemy that you were just you just believed that oh this will never happen to to me and i mean i guess i believed that in our marriage as well mm-hmm. so you know we've never had never really talked about hey, if this happens you know mm-hmm. this is how this is what's going to happen we've we probably along the way kind of joked and said mm-hmm. hey if you ever cheat on me you know mm-hmm. this i'm gonna i'll leave you and blah you know all that but but there was no script, like there was no script for how I was supposed to react. And, and, I, and part of that is I really think that if there's people that are having marriage problems and maybe they even suspect something, they probably in their mind sort of rehearse mm-hmm. what they're going to say if they find out. Mm-hmm. But I had none of that. Like I had, there was no, there was nothing that I was suspecting or, mm-hmm. you know, so, so I just didn't know. I didn't know what to do. And I remember I was, you know, I asked some questions because mm-hmm. I wanted to know a few details mm-hmm. in the moment. And you kind of reluctantly told me some of that. But then I just got really angry. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, and I remember trying to, like I was, I was having this battle in my mind, like, you know, is it okay for me to be angry? And, and I remember throwing something against the wall. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then I remember, like, I remember like wanting to cuss (laughs) and like, I'm not much of a cusser. (laughs) And so I remember wanting to, and I think I even tried to, but then it was so weird because I was like, I felt guilty, (laughs) felt guilty for cussing. And I ended up just leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, I got in the car and, and I left and I actually went to, to somebody's house, um, that I knew that I could trust, but it was also somebody that was even calculated, um, to be honest, because it was somebody that I, that didn't know us really, really well, but I knew would, would be somebody that I could lean on just in the initial moments and kind of give, um, you know, get some advice and stuff, but it wasn't somebody that, I mean, I was already, honestly, I was already trying to protect you because I knew it was somebody that wouldn't necessarily look down on either one of us mm-hmm. from, from hearing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was gone for a while and I remember you texting me and, and trying to find out where I was. And I was like, you don't care. Like you're, like, why do you, you know, why, why would you even be trying to get in touch with me right now? But, you know, then I think you ended up telling me at some point that you just wanted to know who I was telling. Like you were so, Mm -hmm. so scared of, you know, what I was about to do and who I was going to tell. And, you know, and you just didn't. So it was like, where, 
you know, where are you and who are you telling right mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I think back on that night and sometimes I just kind of wonder how did, like, how did you expect me to react? Like, what were you, like, when you, when you told me, what were you expecting me to do? Well, like when you said that I texted and was like, where are you? That was, I mean, honestly, this is, and and you have to remember, and for you who are listening, this is before God, God got a hold of my heart. I was still very, very, very much in the beginnings of um, worldly sorrow where I was terrified of losing my reputation. I couldn't imagine what people were going to think. Um, I was afraid of what our family was going to look like. It was very much about what other people were going to say. And I was trying to keep um, everything tidy and maybe that many people wouldn't know about it. And and so, honestly, I just was hoping you weren't going to go tell the world. You know, mm-hmm. it was still very much me trying to protect me. Well, and let me jump in here real quick because I really think this is important, like for for listeners. And and we've already talked about how next week we're going to talk just specifically about honesty and you know truth and and not having secrets in marriage and stuff like that. But um, when you confessed to me, the you you didn't confess because you wanted to confess. Right. Um, at that time somebody had found out right? and you knew basically that you had to tell me because I was going to find out right. one way or the other. And like, like I really want to, like I want to say, because I know again, people are listening to this podcast for lots of different reasons, but um, like there is a difference in somebody being convicted and feeling, you know, guilty and finally saying, I got to stop doing what I'm doing, mm-hmm. whether it's this or something else. And then approaching your spouse and saying, look, I, I just have to be honest with you and tell you. And to be honest, the way that you told me made it even harder for me to to get to a point of, I want, you know, we gotta, we're going to make this work. And, and, and so... The reason why I say that is because if there is somebody out there that's that has something that they're dealing with that they that they are hiding from their spouse, like it has to come into the light. And when it comes into the light from you, it means so much more. And so I'm not saying that to to you know even to put more you know down on you, but more for people to look at this and go. You know, all these little things that we're telling you about the story, it's about as hard as you can come back from, you know? I mean, honestly, I think it's a, I think it's a completely, I don't say it's a completely different story, but it is a different story when, you know, if you were to come to me and say, God has gotten a hold of me and I got to, I've got to, you know, I just, you have to know and I got to make a change. Um, But like for us, that didn't happen for like, 10 more days probably. Um, and so I, I see you across the table, like just <laughs> thinking like your brain is just, um, what is, this, what is this, you know, what kind of emotions does that bring back or what, you know, I mean, what do you have to tell? What do you want to say to people? Because look, the bottom line of all this is 
we, we, we let you into our stories because we want to be real and raw and vulnerable um, so that we can help in any way that we can. And, you know, there's somebody out there that's listening that needs to hear this confession part of it because 100% God's healing begins with the confession. Like it, ha- that's, that's the first, that's the first step is the honesty and the, and the getting, um, the getting it out there and bringing it into the light. And so that has to happen first before anything else can happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly sitting over here trying not to get emotional and cry through this whole episode because I just am thinking about how amazing God's grace is in our lives. Um, you know, we sat today in the car um, with our 15-year-old kid and where he asked questions about our story, and he's never never really asked questions about it. And to be able to come in and know that he still loves me, like just the grace of God over our marriage and over our lives. And I just want people to know that that grace is there for them. Um, It's not what you confess. There's all sorts of things that people listening to this, that they're coming up in their brain with, I should probably tell them this. I should probably walk through this part with them. Yes, confession, because once it's brought into the light, it can be dealt with and it can be dealt well with. So, And and I think that word confession kind of scares people away a little bit. Like it, like it makes it sound like, I mean, you know, when you say, oh, I've confessed this to, to God when I pray, I mean, you're just thinking of all these, you know, the worst and, and like, it's not, I think where we really are going with this is just like everything in your marriage and it needs to be in the light and there needs to be honesty and there needs to be openness. And if you can get to that point before anything happens, that's, that's, you know, that's when, you know, you have a good communication, you know, good relationship. You need to have safety when you go and talk to your spouse. And, you know, like I said, I think we're, you know, we are going to talk next, next week just about truth and honesty and, secrets and you know that type of thing so um but yeah confession seems strong but obviously what you did on august 23rd Mm -hmm. that was confession that's right that's right you know i wanted to ask you one more thing before we wrapped up um when i was listening to you talking about that night and the feelings that you had the emotions you had and how angry you were and that you left our home and then i remember you came back and you just went straight back um to logan's bed and um you were in there by yourself and 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 i think about what was going through your mind and and i wanted to ask when did you decide Um, that you were willing to forgive me when did you decide that you wanted to fight for our marriage well I think this is a great place to just sort of land the plane because this might be an opportunity just to kind of leave our listeners with a little bit of a message um I'll, I'll be honest I mean when it when it first you know when you first told me um there was there was no part of me at that point that was like, oh, I'm, I want to forgive her <laughs> or I mean, and I've, I've, I've said this before, but like, 
if you had died, I would have been fine with it. I mean, I'm just being honest. And like, I think that's another part of this that people have to understand. You know, people might look at our story and go, oh man, you know, it was just great that, that he forgave. And it wasn't like that. Like, like I, I did not know that I could forgive you. And I think that where the, I guess what I, uh, it was more of, I was willing to be obedient to God in that I would allow him to work in our marriage. And the reason why I can say that is because I had this foundation of my life of being a follower of Jesus. I mean, there were times and Lord knows, even when you were going through what you were going through, I was not in a place where I was, you know, walking with Jesus and leading my family in the way that I should. Um, and that's a story for another day. But the foundation of my life and what I had, you know, just all the things that I knew, um, it was, it was a, it at least put me in a place where I was willing to let God perform a miracle. And I'll say this, when it first happened, my first thoughts were, I'm out of here. I've got to figure out a way to get the kids and make sure they never see her again. All those things, the natural things. And, and look, I'm telling people that because it is normal and those, those type of reactions it's fine. Like, it's fine to have those, you know, just honesty. Like, like yes, that's the way that I feel. But I've got to tell this story because this is really when it all kind of started. I went back and I laid in bed with, uh, with Logan, like you said, because I just didn't want to be in the same room with you. And I didn't know what to do or where to go or, or anything. And I laid back there and I was praying. I was angry. I was angry with God. And there were many days after this that I was genuinely angry with God. Um, and hey, I listened to a sermon the other day by Levi Lusco, and and he's <laughs> and he said God can handle, God can handle your anger. God can even handle your cursing at Him. <laughs> he's he said I'm not telling you to cuss at God, but it's okay if you cuss at God. And there were just some times when, when I just had to be real and honest with God. But as I laid back there in the bed and I was just praying and praying and I remembered a few years before and we had been at a wedding, uh, for your cousin and who now are two of our, I mean, I would say they're two of our best friends. We just love them and their story is amazing. One day we'll have to have them on here because their story of healing they have a physical story of healing, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but we love them dearly. And we were at their wedding at Berry College over in Georgia. And while we were there, um, we were taken on a tour of a portion of Berry College by Bubba and Cindy Kathy. Bubba, Bubba Kathy is Truett Kathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, his son. And Bubba and Cindy had taken the old dairy farm at Berry College and were renovating it to become a marriage retreat center. And as we were walking through there and they were kind of describing it to us, I just remember them saying, we want this to be a place where marriages in crisis can come um, and we'll have counselors and things. And 
and I'll be honest, I wasn't listening. Um, I was more enthralled with how they were rebuilding this place. It was incredible. And so here I was laying in bed, and God put that on my heart and reminded me of that. And I thought, well, I wonder if they ever even did anything. Well, I had no idea what to even look up or anything. I literally Googled Bubba and Cindy Kathy marriage retreat. And this thing popped up, and sure enough, there was a, a, a marriage retreat, and it's what's called a marriage intensive. Um, at the time, it was being run by the National, National Institute of Marriage. Now it's being run by Focus on the Family. But I looked at it and saw the information, and sure enough, it's, it was almost like this is a last-ditch effort for people. You know, if you're at a pl- point of crisis, it's a place that you can come um, and, and try to, uh, to allow God to begin to work a miracle. And as I laid back there that night, that was, that was the moment that I said, okay, God, I'm, I'm not ready to forgive. I, I, I don't know what's about to happen, but I'm willing to be obedient and let you work a miracle if you'll work a miracle. And I mean, the next days and weeks were Oh my gosh, so hard. Um, and three days later, there was more information that came out that kind of put us on a setback. And then, you know, as, as all of the information kind of came out and, um, but what really changed in all that was, was about 10 days later. Um, and you just met face to face with Jesus. I mean, that's, that's the only way to describe it. And your life completely changed after that. And I'm not saying that that was the point that I was willing to forgive you because I did, I did forgive you before that. Um, but forgiveness, I've learned a lot about forgiveness, and we need to do an entire podcast during this season on forgiveness because forgiveness is a moment in time, but then it's also a process. Yeah. And at some point before that 10 days, I had come to a point where I said, okay, God, I know I have to forgive her. And I did. Now, that didn't mean at that point that I believed that our marriage was going to survive. But all I've said before, leading up to this is I was willing. And, um, and then when, when you changed and when you uh, just fell in love with Jesus, um, that's really when everything started to take more shape um, as far as God redeeming our marriage. Um, and look, I know, man, I mean, this is hard. It's hard for you to kind of relive it. But my goodness, like this part of it for me is not near as hard as listening to the parts from last week because all I see now is like looking back through that journal and going, wow, where I was, where we were then and where we are now. And like being able to sit in the car today with our 15-year-old and tell our story but not share it with shame and embarrassment, but with, man, look what God can do. And so, you know, as we wrap up today, like that's the message that I want. I mean, the whole reason why we're inviting people into our story during the season is just so they can see how far God can bring a marriage and what God can do and what God can and how God can redeem um, a life and a marriage. So, Hey, if you're struggling and you have, um, you know, you just need somebody to pray with you, just to just to 
tell somebody, I mean, we, we're here and like, I have just been thrilled and thoroughly enjoyed some of the comments and Facebook messages that we've gotten over the last couple of weeks. And like, like I genuinely want you to know that you're not alone. And that's some of the things that, that we've been hearing, that it's so great to hear that they're not alone. And so as you're going through this journey of marriage, whether it's good or bad or whatever, we want to hear from you and we'd love to help in any way that we can. So please share our um, podcast with our other people. And like we've always said, go on, go on to our podcast and follow us, rate it, review it, um, leave us a message when you can. And uh, we're excited to be journeying through this marriage and this life with you. So until next time, have a great week.